When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to Unit 3's uh, review. Uh, unit 3 is the civil liberties and civil rights stuff. And just as a reminder, um, it's 13 to 18% of your exam. So it's not the big chunk like 2, 1, or 5 as the branches, uh, the underpinnings, and then the um, political participation. But there are uh, a ton of court cases in here and then a couple of uh, required documents. So. Uh, while it's not going to be a huge chunk, there are some important pieces uh, from this from this uh, unit. Alrighty, today we're talking about 9, 10, and 11. Uh, 9 is the due process and the right to privacy. 10 is social movements and equal protection. And then 11 is the government responses to the social movements. So uh, let's jump right in. All right, so uh, just as a reminder, overall, the big one of the big takeaways from this unit is the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment um, is one of the Civil War Amendments. So right there is lumped in with the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. And uh, it defined what a citizen is. And I think most people probably remember that and know that. But there's two key clauses in there that you really got to know. In fact, one of the FRQs from a couple of years ago <clears throat> was to identify one of the 14th Amendment clauses. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the Due Process Clause is one of those. And the Due Process Clause is... Um, Basically, if you're a citizen, you're guaranteed due process. Now, we've talked about what due process is. It's all those rights you have as an accused person, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, but it's really just the, the prevents the government, prevents the states from taking away your basic liberties. And then the Equal Protection Clause <clears throat> is what's supposed to promote equality. The laws are supposed to, if you're a citizen, the laws are supposed to be applied to everybody equally, whether it's you as a 18 year old female or me as a 44 year old male the law is supposed to be applied to us the same okay so let's jump into this uh we got 9 10 11 <clears throat> excuse me nine is the uh, due process and the right to privacy the main learning objective for this one is uh explain the extent to which states are limited by the due process clause from infringing upon individual rights and then the essential knowledge <clears throat> Uh, is about the right to privacy, basically. Okay. Now, it says that while a right to privacy is not named in the Constitution, the court has interpreted the Due Process Clause to protect the right of privacy from state infringement. <clears throat> this interpretation of the Due Process Clause has been the subject of controversy, such as as a result of from Roe versus Wade. So, 3.9 is all about Roe versus Wade and the right to privacy, basically. Okay. So, what this says is that the right to privacy is not in the Constitution. It's not the Constitution. It's not the Bill of Rights. There is nowhere it says, hey, you have a right to privacy. However, the courts have interpreted the 14th Amendment and the Due Process Clause and the Fourth Amendment, No Unlawful Search and Seizures, to mean that you, as a citizen, have uh, a right to privacy. Okay? 
So that's kind of the big takeaway from that. Now, Roe versus Wade, that's the abortion case. And everybody's always, hey, it's all about um, abortion. And, and that was obviously at the heart of it. But the decision was about women have a right to privacy. Okay. So just real quick to catch you up, Roe versus Wade. Uh, this is where uh, the lady, Roe, um, that's not a real name. It was a fake name. Wanted to have an abortion, but Texas law forbid it. And so she's going to, to sue for her right to have an abortion. And uh, Wade was the attorney general or something in Texas or the, uh, he was something, I can't remember exactly what he was, but uh, the bottom line is she's going to sue and it's going to make its way to the Supreme court. And, the, and you know, just going back to the judicial branch from the Supreme court doesn't, like, oh, this person's pregnant. We need to, she wants to have an abortion. We need to hear that case tomorrow. You know, she ended up having to carry the term and go to, she had, had the baby and all that kind of stuff because of the uh, the way the Supreme Court works. But anyways, eventually the case was heard and they're going to rule in favor of Roe and they're going to extend the right to privacy uh, and say that, hey, women have that right. They have that ability um, to to have an abortion if they want to. And so the trickle-down effect was basically all the states had to start honoring that, okay? Um, so that was Roe versus Wade. So if you see something on the test about it, it might be something to do with the right to privacy. And there's been plenty of other cases that affected that have been affected by the right to privacy as well. Um, cats versus the U.S. Cats was... Um, a person, not, not the animal, uh, but he was, uh, I think he was making sports bets illegally or something, gambling uh, through a payphone, and they tapped the payphone. He was he was making calls, and so they heard, and they arrested him based on that stuff, and he's going to argue, hey, I have a right to privacy. Uh, then, <clears throat> there, I think it was uh, Bowers versus Hardwick um, had uh, challenged some state laws that dealt with um acts that were uh, homosexual acts. Uh, I can't remember if it was Hardwick or Bowers that got arrested uh, for, you know, consensual acts with their partner. And it was, if I remember correctly, it was in their house. And so they got arrested for that and they fought it. And the, the Supreme Court did not agree that they had a right to privacy. It, that didn't happen until 2000 with Lawrence versus Texas. So uh, anyways, uh, you got off sidetrack there. So right to privacy, um, you you have that in Roe versus Wade was what that was about. Uh, all right, 3.10 is social movements and equal protection. Now this is gonna switch gears from the due process side of the, the 14th Amendment to the equal protection side. And once again, remember those two clauses, due process clause and equal protection clause. All right, the learning objective for, for point 10 is to explain how constitutional provisions have supported and motivated social movements. And we've got two pieces of essential knowledge. Uh, first off, civil rights protect individuals from discrimination based on characteristics such as race, national origin, religion, and sex. These rights are guaranteed to all citizens under the due process and equal protection clauses of the U.S. Constitution as well as acts of Congress. So basically, the first part here is just letting you are helping to explain the civil rights stuff. Um, and one of the big ways to, or not big ways, but the, one of the ways to remember this stuff, civil liberties are uh, things that the government cannot take away from you. Those are rights that uh, every person has. Um, those just whatever they are, okay? They're, and we've talked about all the, all the civil liberties. Civil rights are where the government is trying to do the protecting, okay? So they're 
the civil liberties protects us as individuals from the government and then civil rights um, is situations where the government is trying to extend protection uh, to, to people, to groups that have been traditionally discriminated against, marginalized, however you want to say it. Um, so the civil rights stuff we're talking about is supposed to protect people from discrimination based on whatever you think of, race, sex, religion, uh, all those sorts of things. Okay. Now, the second one talks about the leadership and events associated with civil rights, uh, excuse me, with uh, civil, women's, and LGBT. And I think that this is old, so it's probably missing a few uh, things there, but um, rights as evidence of how the Equal Protection Clause can support and motivate social movements as represented by, and we've got three bullets. We've got uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. King's letter from a Birmingham jail. We've got the National Organization for Women and the pro-life slash anti-abortion movement. Okay. Uh, so basically, the main one I'm going to concentrate on is the letter from a Birmingham jail because it is a required document. And you just got to uh, you know be able to know and understand, uh, the, the once again, as I've said with all the required documents, you don't have to quote from a letter from a Birmingham jail. Uh, you know, the, the college board doesn't expect you to, to memorize all these documents. But uh, you do need to understand kind of what it was about. Uh, obviously, it was written after he was arrested in Birmingham, and he was writing it uh, in response to uh, kind of people, people that were looking the other way, and mainly uh, some other pastors, white pastors uh, in the area, and, and discussing and talking about how um, you know, laws that are uh, unjust, you know, for one group, but not for another, you're, you're still kind of liable for those. Um, because even though it's not affecting you, it's affecting someone else. And, you know, just a law, all laws need to be equal um, is kind of at the heart of the, the letter. So, um, and that idea of equal protection is where that comes from. You know, everybody... And this is something that just seems so easy. Like, just apply the law equally to everybody. It doesn't matter what color you are, what religion you are, poor, rich, all that kind of stuff. Just everybody should, you know, the law should be applied to everybody. But it's it, we don't have that, unfortunately, um, for for whatever whatever reason in this country. Uh, the National Organization for Women and the Women's Rights Movement. Yeah, that's been an ongoing thing since the 1800s, you know, trying to get equal rights. Um, had some successes voting, um, and there's been several other you know successful things. Uh, Title IX could be considered that, where equality in educational settings, uh, whether it be the school classroom, the sports, and things like that. Uh, women have had successes. Um, so there's that. And then pro-life. Uh, anti-abortion movement uh, you know, that's been going on since Roe versus Wade. Uh, and uh, there, there's been some state laws here recently that have made it very difficult to get abortion. So they're, they're having some, some success there as well. Okay. Last thing, 3.11 government responses to social movements. So the uh, learning objective here is to explain how the government has responded to social movements. And the essential knowledge says the government can respond to social movements through court rulings and or policies. And then we've got four bullets. We've got Brown versus Board, which is a uh, required case. And then we've got the Civil Rights Act, Title IX, and the Voting Rights Act. 
So Brown versus Board, I think most people are pretty familiar with this from your U.S. history classes and just uh, you probably, you know, it's been something that you've, you know of, you've talked about in other classes uh, throughout your school and career. But just as a reminder, Brown versus Board was the case that got rid of segregated schools. So up to this point, um, it's black schools, white schools. And this was based on the Plessy versus Ferguson decision from the 1890s, um, where they created the separate but equal stuff. Okay, now the NAACP had fought for equal schools uh, for years prior to Brown versus Board, and they had quite a bit of success because this was pretty easy to prove. You know, you took pictures of the two schools, the white school versus the black school, and they were separate for sure, but they were never equal. And it was easy to show. And so they won a lot of those cases. But this was the first kind of real move to uh, let's get rid of that whole policy, okay, of uh, separate but equal. And so Brown versus Board of Education was decided. It was decided on the, the basis of the, the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause. So that's a key thing to remember there. Um, and the, the, the Supreme Court is going to say you need to, to integrate the schools. Now, you probably know from your history lessons that it took a while for the South and in other places to uh, to actually integrate. Uh, 66, when the uh, Civil Rights Act kicked in, and there was a provision in there that said, hey, if you're not integrated, then we're going to start coming after your school leadership, principals and superintendents and people like that. Then all of a sudden, the school started integrating real quick. But anyways, uh, Brown versus Board is a required case. It was a Supreme Court FRQ uh, in 2018, so uh, I don't know what the what their time schedule is, but um, and I'm not saying it's going to be the question this go around. I'm just saying uh, it has been in the recent past, and it's one that a lot of people know. All right, the next one is the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 uh, provided protections for people uh, that felt they were being discriminated against. Uh, a couple of the provisions, it was really geared toward. Um, hotels, motels, restaurants, things like that, and trying to end segregation there or discriminatory practices there. Uh, it is also the aforementioned uh, school board stuff uh, where if you weren't integrated as a school system, you could start to lose some federal money and face uh, uh, face punishments, okay? But the big takeaway probably is what uh, we, we mostly know for it is it says you cannot discriminate based on race, sex, religion, uh, and all those sorts of things. Uh, Title IX of the Education Amendments Act of 1972. This is uh, what we know here in school, and it is to provide equal treatment for boys and girls um, in school setting. Okay. Now, it's mostly makes the news for sports reasons, it seems like, um, to me anyways, but maybe that's because I'm a former coach and all that kind of good stuff. But um, it's where, you know, Basically, if the boys team has it, the girls team should have it. There also should be an equal number of boys sports and girls sports. Typically, high schools don't have this problem, but colleges run into some problems where they have too many uh, men, male sports and not enough female sports, and they have to get back into compliance and things like that. That's where the big issue comes from, is providing the equal opportunity, 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause, providing the equal opportunity for boys and girls, men and women, uh, at the college level to... to, to um, to compete in their sports. Uh, and then the Voting Rights Act 1965, uh, this is going to try and, or try and does, make it easier, safer, uh, and whatnot to register vote 
as an African-American, uh, and it's going to help uh, increase uh, voter turnout, increase voter registration. It's also going to help increase the, the number of African-Americans who are willing to run for office uh, because they have a, a clearer path. That's probably the way to say it, not a clearer path, but uh, they, they felt like they would have a, a fair shot maybe uh, at running and winning elections um, with the Voting Rights Act. All right, guys. Uh, so that is topic 3.9, 10, and 11, and uh, some of the, the equal protection and due process stuff. Once again, the big takeaway is 14th Amendment due process clause and the equal protection clause. I think most everybody knows that it defines citizenship, but it also guarantees citizens that due process and that equal protection clause or equal protection, equal protection under the law. Uh, and it's something that's still cited today. Just real quick side note, uh, I remember a couple years ago there was a court case. Uh, a New Orleans Saint cheerleader had been fired because she had posted on social media. Um, and the cheerleaders for the Saints organization were not allowed to post on social media. However, the football players were allowed to. And so she sued uh, based on the equal protection clause of the uh, of the uh, of the 14th Amendment. All right. Sorry, I drew a blank there. All right, guys. I uh, hope all is well. And uh, let me know if I can help you with anything. Make me answer your questions through text, email. Uh, come and see me in person, social media, whatever you got to do. Uh, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.